Hello, and welcome to Mother Daughter Earthcast, a show that will help you navigate the eco world and live a more colorful and conscious life. We'll inform, inspire, and embolden you. And most importantly, we'll have fun along the way to a more planet-caring lifestyle together. I reconnected to nature through science. And the more I learned about the earth, the more I realized what a beautiful, balanced, perfect system it is. And after that, everything just took on a new meaning. My life is so much richer and fuller because of the way I have decided and chosen to interlock my life with nature. We want you to feel like you can have that connection with nature and you can become the sustainability go-to in your group of friends. Welcome to the first episode of Mother Daughter Earthcast. This is so exciting, Mariana. I'm pumped. So am I. You can definitely tell mom's pumped. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, y'all, we uh, have so much in store for you. Don't even know where to begin. We were just super excited to honestly take the next step in Mother Daughter Earth and bring you awesome content on a weekly basis that touches on all things sustainable living and how to make that transition to a sustainable lifestyle. This is, I'm ready. We, Mariana and I have been talking about who we want to interview and what we want to do on the podcast. And I was telling her, I want to listen to that. It's going to be awesome, y'all. It is. We're pumped. So taking a step back into why we wanted to create a podcast. Um, Mom, chime in, but I'll start by saying what we've been discussing a lot, which is we don't agree with the viewpoint and the expectation that people have that living sustainably needs to happen overnight. And it's an all or nothing thing. And you should be shamed if you're not, you know, driving an electric car and living off grid. It can be gradual and we should celebrate those simple steps and also we want to help help you make that transition to living more sustainably and thinking more sustainably more than anything I know that whenever we were writing the uh, blogs this time last year on the 100 day challenge Mariana and I were so surprised how much we had grown and learned at the end of that, those hundred days, Mariana got her degree in environmental engineering. I've been living a sustainable lifestyle for decades. And we kind of thought we were in the groove and we knew what we were doing. And oh my gosh, wasn't it amazing how, how much we learned in those hundred days? It was amazing. And we also quickly realized that Doing the research to be informed and making sure and, you know, feeling like you're making the right decision takes a lot of time. And there's a lot of information out there to sift through. And that's part of what we're going to be doing for you. We love this. We live and breathe sustainability. And we are constantly sifting through information and trying new products and speaking with people about the newest development and If you don't have the time to do that, we totally understand. Listen, this is what this podcast is for, in part. 
Yeah, what's really interesting with, I believe, with our perspective is that I have decades of living sustainably, as I mentioned before, and Mari, but Mariana has a scientific background. She is and has her degree in environmental engineering, and she can look at reports and sift through information with a different eye than I could. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Mom's just the best cheerleader, what can I say? <laughs> so yes, that's that's a big part of what we want to do. And Mom, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Uh-oh, she uh-oh. hates it when I do that. What do you think living sustainably has brought to your life in terms of quality of life or excitement? How has it changed the way you live? Ooh, that is a really good question. Yeah. I am living in the house that I grew up in, which is really interesting. This ha- my parents bought this house in 1975. So, I have seen I've I I've seen what's been going on around here. When my parents bought the house, the landscaping, it was a monoculture. It was grass, it was shrubs and monkey grass or liriope. That was it. And I remember growing up, we had some birds in the yard. We had some squirrels in the yard, but that was it. And what's so fascinating now, I moved back in this house, well, permanently in 2004, after my husband and I remodeled it. And after we remodeled, then we did we redid the landscaping. And we have so many native plants out there. It is so exciting what goes on around here on a daily basis. And so many of y'all see those photos on our Instagram. And we now have, oh, we have ducks that come sometimes, uh, are come to the the driveway. They love the decomposed granite driveway. We have hummingbirds. We have so many butterflies. We have dragonflies. It's, we even found a, uh, a baby bobcat on the side of our house one time, and we're right he- in the middle of the city. I just think this is so exciting, and it's just my life is so much richer and fuller because of the way I have decided and chosen to to interlock my life with nature. And just to clarify, <laughs> you don't live on a homestead in the middle of a farm. You live in the middle of Dallas, Texas. So how do you how do you feel like you're able to connect with nature on a daily basis living in the city, especially such a, you know, large city like Dallas and do you think that's important? Oh, it's so important. It every well, also I'm a landscaper, so I'm out dealing with nature on an hourly basis. But it's it's nature is part of our life. Why do we want to disconnect ourselves from nature? I know that just yesterday I went out to uh, get one of my hanging baskets off the hook, so. I could put it where it was going to get some rain. And I found some little baby uh, 
bird eggs in there. And I had, the reason why I even noticed it was because uh, my husband and I had been sitting out on the porch the night before having an adult beverage. And I saw a bird go into that plant. And I thought, that's unusual. Birds, nor- is that bird going in there to make a nest? Or is that bird going in there to get something out of that plant to make a nest? Well, sure enough, the next morning when I looked, there was the bird's nest. So nature is around us everywhere if we just take the time to notice and observe and welcome it into our lives. I totally agree. I will. I do agree. And honestly, it's funny because, I mean, you can attest to this more than anyone can, Mom. Growing up, I think I was so around nature that I took it for granted. I grew up on a ranch in Mexico, and we didn't have electricity. We Well, we generated it, you know, at certain times, but we were outside all the time, and I got to the point where I kind of rebelled against it. (laughs) And I remember saying, whatever I do when I grow up, it's not going to be outdoors and it's going to be in an air-conditioned room. With high heels on. With high heels on. Uh, I did go through that phase. But anyways, I, I... the pendulum has swung back and my senior year of high school, I took an awesome AP environmental science class and that was the turning point for me. I just, I reconnected to nature through science and learning about the earth systems and the overall larger impacts. And the more I learned about the earth, the more I realized what a beautiful, balanced, perfect, system it is and that's really that was my gateway my gateway was my science and my learning and after that everything just took on a new meaning you're I wasn't I wasn't just taking my reusables to the grocery store because everyone else was it was I knew why I didn't want to use single-use plastic bags. I knew why I wanted to compost. Things took on meaning for me within this larger scientific earth systems context. And and that was it. it. (laughs) I was was hooked. I was hooked on nature since then. You've been going after it strong ever since. I have. And now, you know, in the recent years, thanks to my mom, I have definitely learned a lot more about plants and I feel like I have a much bigger and stronger connection to plants than I did in college for sure. But that didn't happen overnight either. And that was a daily, you know, process. And I still freak out when my indoor plants are dying and I bring them home to the plant hospital that is my mom's greenhouse. (laughs) And that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. And for me, that's what's so important. I had a jumping off point with with my studies that gave everything meaning and context. And that's also what we're going to try to do on this podcast. I mean, we can give y'all all the tips ever invented for sustainable living, but it's not going to matter if you don't know the why and if you don't feel a connection to nature yourself that to me is the the most important thing and i want we we want to be clear when we say connection to nature we also don't mean you know go camping every weekend or live off grid or 
only eat what you grow at home. It's, it's go on a walk outside to a park and take time to observe the trees around you. Or, I don't know, I mean, watch the birds for two minutes and just observe what birds are around you or go watch the sunset for once in I don't even know how long. There's so many ways you can connect with nature and appreciate it, especially living in a city. It's so important. Yeah, and it's, you just, if you are around nature and you're observing it, then you will start loving nature and you will want to take care of it. Exactly. And you're not going to, if, if you've been kind of struggling with, okay, I want to live more sustainably, but A, I don't know how to start and B, I just kind of don't really think about it very often and fall off the bandwagon from everything that we've been through and lived through and learned. The starting point really is caring about nature. And to care about nature, you have to feel some connection and appreciation for it. And everything else after that will fall into place. I mean, you care about your dog, so you don't have to think twice about putting water (laughs) in your dog's bowl. But because you care. And that to me is really the starting point that a lot of people skip over. They want to go straight to, okay, what are the 10 things that I can do to be more eco-friendly? Well, that's great. But those 10 things are going to change. Those things will change throughout your life. And the best way is to care. And then you'll come up with your own 10 things. You don't even have to read blogs about it. You'll just start questioning and and asking, is this the best way that I can live and naturally evolve? Sounds good. So, Ma, tell us a little bit about you and why everyone is should should listen to what you have to say because <laughs> she's a pretty cool cat let me tell you she's she's spunky spunky donkey yeah well I graduated from college oh in the early 80s I was gonna say the exact year <laughs> you can say the exact year own it she's she's I'm gonna say it she's 59 years young oh. she's awesome <laughs> Super hit, runs circles around me, always has. (laughs) Anyway, I graduated from college in 1982, and then I, over the course of the next five years, became a commercial real estate broker. Then in 1987, I moved to a very remote ranch in Mexico that Mariana was referring to. So remote. Yeah. Didn't speak the language. No. I don't know how she did it. (laughs) Yeah, I did not uh, speak any Spanish. And guess what? There's not a high demand for commercial real estate brokers in in the middle of nowhere uh, who doesn't speak the language. So I um, talked with my uh, with Mariana's father, my husband at the time, and we decided to start growing orchids commercially. It had been our hobby. So in 1991, we built our first two shade houses and uh, got a bunch of orchid plants, and we became the first cut dendrobium orchid producers in Mexico. That's pretty badass. Well, <laughs> Mom's cringing that I'm even saying the word on, <laughs> on podcast. This is the little dynamic you're going to get from us. You should see her face. She's like, ooh. But badass nonetheless. Oh, and it was my passion. I still, to this day, just 
adore orchids and they just make my heart go pitter patter. And anyway, so I did that for almost 20 years along. I also did some field grown cut flowers for a while, did a lot of plant rentals in Tompico in, in hotels and office buildings and homes. We would make arrangements with the orchids and bromeliads and, um, and uh, put them in hotels and offices and take care of them. Then we, I ended up starting a retail location where I started working, doing events with my dear uh, friend and business partner, Margaret. And that was, that was wild doing, doing weddings and quinceaneras. And that was lots of fun. Then in 2010, I drove up to Dallas. It was February of 2010. And I flew up to Philadelphia to go to the Philadelphia Flower Show. And while I was up here in the States, the fighting between the Gulf Cartel and the Zetas broke out. And to make a very long story short, I had to close down my business and move, move my personal items to Dallas. And I moved in with my father and had to reinvent myself because there was not a large demand for commercial orchid producers in Mexico. You mean in Dallas? Oh, excuse me, in Dallas. And I ended up taking the master gardening course in 2011 so I could learn about the native plants of Texas because, or of North Texas, because I only... My specialty was in tropicals, and there was not a big demand for tropical plant growers here in Dallas. So I became a master gardener, started learning about the plants in our area, met another master gardener. Her name is Karen, and we became business partners and started a landscaping company called Yardspell. And it's been full throttle for the past eight years doing that. Mom is basically the plant lady. That's what you have to remember from all of this. She's the plant lady who's Mexican at heart. <laughs> That's true, with she a never, very strong Texas accent. She when never I speak really Spanish. wanted to move back to Texas, but alas, we're happy she's here. I'm happy I'm here too. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, Mom. Do you think that part of why it comes more easily for us to be conscious in some of the things that we do? Um, that, you know, the living in on the ranch with few resources in terms of, you know, access to goods that we're used to now that you can just go and buy to the, at the grocery store, no electricity. I mean, we were always turning off lights and being conscious about how much electricity we were using. And, you know, you could open the fridge for four seconds at a time and close it again because we wanted to keep things cool. I feel like for me, at least growing up like that definitely informed a natural habit of just being more conscious of certain choices. Yeah, things were not easy. The nearest not good grocery store was about 45 minutes away. The nearest little bit better grocery store was an hour and a half away. And then to get a lot of the items that I wanted, I had to drive up to the States. And, uh, and that, that was, was a six hour. That drive. was a six hour drive. So you were very careful of how you used ingredients and food. And also you learned how to substitute a lot. Yeah, get creative. Got very creative. And also something else that was so important during that time, I planted the orchids in, as I said, in 1991. By the time I 
left in 2010, I had seen a huge change in their growth pattern. And the only thing that we could attribute it to was global warming. And overall climate change. Yes, exactly. The Whenever I first started growing the orchids, we had a like a four-month dormant period. And by the time I left, the dormant period had gone down to about six to eight weeks. It was amazing, the change over those 20 years. That's something else that I think is really important is, again, observing and feeling that somewhat of a sense of connection with nature. It makes you realize and notice, oh, is it hotter than usual? Is it rainier than usual? I mean, Here's a stat for y'all that many people don't know, but the average American spends 90% of their time indoors. 90%. That to me is crazy. And how can we expect to have a connection with the outdoors if we spend 90% of our time not in it? I mean, if you think you wake up, most people are get in their car in a garage, you drive to work, you park in a garage, you go to your office building and you do it all again. And then you're never, you're really hardly ever outside. So one of the things I would say that has been great for me recently is growing my own food or still, or even just having plants around and caring for plants. You start to notice, oh, it's raining a lot or it's a lot warmer than usual. And you kind of see how that affects your plants And I think it's awesome to have that experience of, you know, two decades of growing orchids and seeing how the overall high level patterns change and being able to observe that firsthand. Because I can tell you if someone says to my mom that they don't accept the science of global warming and climate change, (laughs) she can tell them, she can tell them, well, grow orchids for two decades and, and you can see it for yourself. Because it is visible on a local scale, too. And we were living in an agrarian society down there. So many of the people down there, and we lived in near Tampico, Tamaulipas, and so many of the people down there are farmers. And they, too, were were observing this. And I remember when Mariana was uh, up in Dallas going to high school, and I was still living in Mexico, and she called me one day, and she said, Mother, did you know that there are people here who don't believe that there uh, that there's global warming and climate change? She was just flabbergasted, and so was I. Yeah, so, I mean, I still am. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Mariana, kidding. enough about me, and um, t- and you started telling talking a little bit about your background and how you got into this, and from your AP environmental science teacher, Miss Lindsay. But yeah, shout out to Miss Lindsay. Yeah. So continue the journey. Um, well, it, I mean, again, started with my AP environmental science class and really was no turning back after that. I was hooked. I just found the everything earth related to be super interesting. And I, you know, went on to college and just never even thought of studying anything else. I knew I was interested in science. I'd always been science and you know science oriented and math and math although I'm no good at mental math (laughs) don't put me on the spot with mental math but yes science and math oriented and I just you know my freshman year just started taking classes that were related to environmental sciences and fell in love and 
um, four years later, I had a degree in environmental engineering and a secondary actual minor. We called it a secondary in earth and planetary sciences. <laughs> so I was literally studying earth stuff all four years and couldn't get enough of it. And then since then, I've always pretty much been doing, um, you know, working in that field. My now husband, Toby, and I moved to Sydney, Australia, and I had to start from scratch and kind of figure out what to do. And I ended up working as a sustainability consultant there for a year, doing awesome projects with the government and this really awesome sustainability guru over there named Michael Mobs and and worked with a school. I just loved, loved my time there. And then we decided to come back to Dallas and I was the sustainability manager for an architecture and construction firm for a couple of years. Then decided that corporate America just wasn't for me uh, and wanted Those to... high t- high heels just weren't cutting it for I you know, anymore. I was just like done with the, with the AC, I guess. <laughs> I mean, really, I had seen what a lifestyle could be like working on my own in Sydney and just having a very varied day-to-day schedule and, and lifestyle. And I missed that. So I went out on my own and did um, solar sales and design for both residential and commercial for about a year and a half and then decided to pivot again. <laughs> that's what I do these. I mean, I pivot, but I, that's fine. I'm figuring it's out a what's journey. right. It's a journey. I'm figuring out what's right for me. And now middle of last year is when mom and I decided to start Mother Daughter Earth. And well, we had started it before, but we just became extremely serious about it yes. about a year ago. Yes. And we're, we're excited about all the awesome things to come. And this podcast is one of them. We're, we're, there's so much brewing behind the scenes, which we will obviously keep y'all posted on. But for the, in the meantime, and for the time being, you can expect a new episode every week and we will mostly be interviewing awesome people in the field and we want to inspire you. We want to give you information. It's not going to be boring. Let me tell you, if Jenna Woods is in the room, you can expect, you can expect some spunk, but we want to, we want to just give y'all information and, and we want you to feel like you can, have that connection with nature and you can become the sustainability go-to in your group of friends. And, and more than anything, we want to show you how to do this in a way that adds so much quality to your life. You're, you're going to be way happier and live a much color, a much more colorful and richer life on, on the other side. The grass is greener on the other side, I can tell you. Yes. <laughs> and inform- I find information to be so powerful. It, uh, it enables me to make decisions. And we want to give you, give you this information so you can make the decisions that are right for your life. And we also want to do it in a non-judgmental way. That is yeah, so important. for us. Yes. The... I, I personally believe that there's a lot of judgment and guilt in the environmental world, and I'm totally not for that. And I think as long as we're all conscious and doing what feels right for us, there's so many different definitions of how to live sustainably and consciously. And also this concept that living in an, e- an eco-friendly lifestyle means giving up some level of quality of life is is garbage. I mean, 
nature, if you study nature, nature itself is wired for abundance. It's, it's meant to thrive. And that's what we're meant to do too. We're meant to thrive and live an abundant and amazing lifestyle while being conscious of how we're interacting with the environment around us. And that doesn't mean an abundance of high heel shoes. Oh, yes. Well, it could. <laughs> it totally could. I still love my um, slapping on those high heels every once in a while. Yeah. But it also means an abundant, full life. And um, yeah, with all the experiences that you want to experience. I mean, it doesn't mean cutting back on what you love. It means doing what you love in a conscious way and finding more things that you love. There you go. It's really awesome all around. But anyways, expect an episode every week from us. And in the meantime, there's so many ways you can connect. We are on Instagram at mother daughter earth, all one word. We also have a website, motherdaughterearth.biz that's b-i-z and we have videos on youtube as well just so many ways to connect our contact facebook yes all of our information also is on facebook and we have a facebook page so definitely if this resonates reach out and connect and also if you liked any part of this podcast please give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on it really just helps get us out there and you know have other people listen to this content as well and just spread the the eco love so yeah thanks again for listening to our first episode we wanted to just give you a little bit of info about us and tell you why we're here And we are excited to connect with you again next week. Yeah. Let's start the eco-friendly journey together.